Lord, there's one thing to sing it, but Lord, help us stand on your love. Help us stand on your promises, Lord God. Help us stand, Lord God, in the good news that it is here to absolutely change our lives, Lord God, to make us like you, Jesus. Do what you did and walk as you walk, Lord God. I pray, Lord, let us move from worship, Lord God, into our life as worship. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. You guys could be seated. Yeah, give God praise. Good morning. Yeah. Well, I am so glad to be back from Alaska. Uh, Candace and I, we got to celebrate. She's already gone. But we got to celebrate 16 years of marriage. Right? Alaska's awesome, but Candace is awesome-er. That's not a word, right? Alaska is stunning, but I am stunned that Candace stuck around for 16 years with this guy. Because I'm, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. You guys know that? And, and she's been everything that I don't deserve. She's been a grace point in my life. And it has been a strength as, a, as she has a beautiful relationship with God. I think that's the power of our relationship, that she loves God more than me. I tell my kids all the time, if you're going to marry someone, marry someone who's more into God than into you, right? Who's more into the love of Jesus than into you, because that is a strong foundation like we sang today. At this time, I just want to show you something uh, that we're all part of, but we have a quick video for you uh, that we worked hard on, but just, just, uh, just listen here, and we're going to put it right up there. I wanted to share with you about our upcoming mission trip to the Dominican Republic this October. Uh, there are 10 of us that have been preparing and planning really hard to go on this trip. Um, and I wanted to share a quote with you that kind of captures the mentality that we're trying to have going into this. Uh, poverty alleviation isn't so much about us going and fixing them. It's more about walking side by side, walking hand in hand, and saying, I'm broken and you're broken, but Jesus Christ can show up and bring healing. Um, so we've partnered with an organization called Mission of Hope that works to bring transformation to Haitian communities. And we really like this organization because they work with the local leaders of the communities and they strive to meet specific spiritual and material needs of the people that they're serving. And ultimately their goal is to, to help create these communities to be self-sustainable. And what's also really cool is that they're allowing people like us to come in and sure, serve short term with them to work to accomplish their long-term missions. So we are going to join with them to serve Haitian communities in the Dominican Republic. And while we're there, we are gonna work really hard to build 
intentional relationships with the people that we encounter and we're going to be doing some project work projects and some ministry activities that are going to be specifically designed to meet the needs of the people during the time that we're there. Um, we're also going to be doing some mobile medical clinics, which are clinics that we set up and tear down each day in different neighborhoods to provide medical access to people that don't otherwise have it. We're going there with the plan to serve and to bring Christ's love to these people, but ultimately we know that we're going to be the ones that get transformed and it's going to be a life-changing trip and we're really excited. So we would really love it if you guys could partner with us um, and join us in this trip. You know, it's not just us going as a group of 10, but it's all of you coming with us. It's Hill City going to do this. So anything that you'd like to do to support us would be great. Um, praying, giving, all of that would be so appreciated. And we're looking forward to coming back and sharing with you all that we got to do and experience there. So thank you. This is exciting. It's just, uh, this is, uh, like Drea said, it's us going out there. You know, some of us, we can't go, so we support someone to go. Uh, be part of uh, the little things that they're doing from the movie night to when, whenever you see them out there. Support the vision going forward because it's not just, you're not getting just something, a hot dog or whatever. We're supporting these people as, as representatives of Hill City and to give them vision for, uh, for what we can do, accomplish together with Mission of Hope. So I'm very, very excited about that. Amen? Amen. So write it, write it down. Put them into your prayer plan. Like if you pray in the morning, write it in. Pray for our group going to the Mission of Hope. Pray for them like you would pray for yourself because that's what we're doing. We're praying for the church at large. Amen? So we're going to go. Now, if you have your Bibles, please go to Luke 15. All right. I love the book of Luke. I really, really do. But I just, uh, before we get in there, I just want to thank Hannah and Paul for uh, faithfully teaching God's word for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, give them a hand. Yeah, just grateful. We do have amazing teachers in this room. We do. We have, there are so many gifts in this place. And I, I believe some gifts have not even been actualized yet. But God equips his church for the good of people and the glory of God. I absolutely believe that. And I believe that our goal as you and me is to equip the next generation to be a greater generation than the last. That is our goal as a church. We want greater uh, leaders and greater missionaries and greater workers with our kids and youth and adults and, and people who have vision. And it's in this room. It's in this room. I believe there's going to be a greater uh, communicator that comes up, a greater pastor that comes up right in this room. Amen? That's why when I say amen, Christians say amen. So amen? amen? All right, all right, all right. But before we start, I want to ask you a question before we get into our, our scripture today. Have you ever lost something that really, really mattered to you? Have you ever lost something? Think about that for a while. You get that feeling in your stomach, that knot in your stomach. You're just looking everywhere, but you can't find it. You search and search. Anxiety starts building. Do you have that feeling with you? And then what happens? You finally find it, 
Remember how happy you were? Remember that feeling? You're like, oh, finally. It could have been your keys or that Louis Vuitton purse that you lost or your best friend, your iPhone that you lost or your kids might have lost. It could have been the wedding ring. Has anyone lost a wedding ring? Yeah, a bunch of us. How sad. No, just kidding. We've all lost something, and it could even be your kids. Have any have ever lost your kids, parents? Yeah, parents have lost your kids. A couple years back, we were at the Rock Creek Farms, right? And, uh, and uh, my little son, Ezra, was three years old. And Rock Creek, if you've never been there uh, during uh, Thanksgiving time in uh, October, and uh, at Halloween time, they throw this great pumpkin, whatever, fiesta party, right? Petting zoos, games, pumpkins, people, food. And while we were there, my son at three years old and Jackson Mitchell at three years old, they get, they're lost. They're nowhere to be found on Julie's watch. <laughs> I don't know what she was doing. She was missing it. No, I'm just totally messing. But we were in absolute panic mode, and we started a search party with the rest of the group. We brought the group together. We started this search party. You guys go over there. You guys go over there. You're over there. I mean, for like 20 minutes, fear was building like a pressure cooker, especially the husbands. The husbands were so fearful. But the kids were nowhere to be found. And finally, Pino, this guy right in front here, he looks into the jump houses and there they were, having the time of their lives. Little ninjas, little three-year-old ninjas snuck into the jump houses without tickets, without parent supervision. I was like, how did you even get in there, right? It was crazy. They were in there just jumping up, so unaware of all the stress and the fear and uh, unaware of being lost. And listen. When you lose something or someone, right, that you care for deeply and you find them, we are filled with joy. You are. You, you are so happy. You can't even get mad at them. You're so happy. You want to yell at them, but you want to hug them, right? And that is God's heart for the lost. That same feeling that you get when something is returned and found. That, oh my goodness, that joy that overwhelms. That is the heart of God. That is the feeling of God when his heart is filled with joy when the lost are found. Think about that for a moment. And feeling that, because I want you to feel it. Because God is not, it's just not words on a page. This is what Jesus is describing of how he feels when the lost are found. And so I'm going to read Luke 15, 1 to 7. He says, now the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. They were like, ugh, right? This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They're like, that's gross, right? Right away, you see two groups of people. People who had it together and the messy people. So this is written to the people who have it together and to messy people. Sinners and outcasts and teachers. Culturally, these tax collectors and sinners, it's even further than you think. It goes deeper in the roots. Tax collectors were on a whole nother level of sinner, right? That's why they differentiate tax collector and sinners, right? 
They're, you're not just regular, normal sinners. You're like on tax collector level. That's what they're saying. Notice that variance, right? In the eyes of the public, tax collectors were traitors to Israel, working for Rome, the enemy of the people, and they believed, the people believed that they were the enemy of God. So these tax collectors, they couldn't testify in Jewish culture. They couldn't testify in court, right? Which meant there was no way they, that they could go to the temple. They were not allowed in the temple to make sacrifices. And what we, and we might look at that and say, oh, that's not bad, right? But to them, that means no forgiveness of sin. That their life was a condemned life. No future with God. These tax collectors weren't even allowed to give financially in their offering or tithe. And hey, you know you're bad when the church doesn't take your money, right? You know you're bad. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in there. But that's what Luke's trying to say. They're, these guys were like off limits, right? And here's Jesus having a meal with these kind of people. Sinners. Sinners. To the culture, this was shocking, controversial. This was some TMZ kind of stuff. Knowing Jesus hangs out, communes, communion, has communion with sinners, eats with sinners. Jesus never sins nor condones their sin, but he's trying to save them. For the Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. It's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. What beautiful words. Listen, Hill City, this is for us right now. This place, our family here, this room, the people that it represents, our lives, it's, 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 it's not a waiting room. This moment is not a waiting room for heaven. I'm telling you, it's not. We're not waiting for something good to happen. But this is a hospital room for the sick. We are believing that something good has already happened, that we have been given good news and we're supposed to do something with it not stand back and like Willy Wonka and say I have this golden ticket there's no golden ticket your life is golden because of what Jesus has done you're not earning it it's been done for you so there's a motivation in that like we can stand back and look at all the darkness and say thank you Jesus that I'm not like that or we can join Jesus, go into our world, be light and truth, hope and grace, and catch the heart of Jesus. I want more than anything else, more than anything else today, I want you to catch the heart of Jesus as he tells us this parable, joining Jesus. Because from the go, you can know all about God and have religion, yet not know the heart of Jesus. That's re that comes from relationship. It does. So let me illustrate this through this parable from verse 4 and on. I'm going to read the rest of it. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, right? They're talking in sheep because that's, it's an agricultural society. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and goes after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder. And sheep aren't light, right? They're heavy, but he grabs it and joyfully puts it on his shoulder, goes home. Then he calls a friend and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Party with me, saying, he's throwing a celebration. I've found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the over the 99 
righteous persons who does not need to repent. Jesus is giving us a picture of heaven, and only God himself could give us a picture of heaven showing his, his God, that he is God, right? Now meditate on the images with me right now, the two images that are given. We have the good shepherd, and we have the sheep, right? The good shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one, showing us a loving, concerned, hard-working shepherd. Those are the adjectives of the shepherd who goes the distance through rough terrain, searching, hoping to find this lost sheep to bring them home. Jesus, I want to tell you, is the good shepherd. And if Jesus is the good shepherd, who are we in the story? We're sheep. Bah. I didn't want to do that, but I did. I take that back. And we might think sheep are cuddly and cute, but Jesus is not giving us a compliment here. Right? He's not saying, oh, you're so cute. I love you so much. No, he's saying, you stink, man. Sheep are not the, are not, they're the smelliest animals. They're, they smell, right? Sheep are not that smart. They're weak. They cannot defend themselves. They also bite, right? And they tend to wander and get lost, straying from the flock. And they're ignorant of the danger that surrounds them. That's sheep. Yet Jesus, our good shepherd, comes after us, a shepherd. And it's funny that he compares that God, that Jesus compares himself as a shepherd. Because a shepherd is not this awesome position. It's a lowly position. He compares himself to a lowly position, a lonely job. There's no hype in being a shepherd. This shows the humility of Jesus. And when he finds this lost sheep, he picks it up, puts him on his shoulders, on his back, and carries the whole weight, the whole burden of the sheep. And they do this because sheep, if you don't grab them, sometimes they will continue to wander. They will even hurt themselves and kill themselves in their wandering, trying to go their own way. How prophetic is that, that, that parable? How prophetic are the words of Jesus that he literally puts us on his back, that Jesus puts us, his people, on his back for the sins, on his back. He carries our cross, doing all the work to bring us back home, back to our Father in heaven. That's salvation. And this is what it means. And I want to say this loudly to you. You cannot save yourself. You cannot save yourself. We cannot get to God on our own. I'm telling you, all of us at some point of our lives, no matter how good your life is now, at some point of our lives, all of us need to be carried. We do. And we will always be carried to the house of God. I'm telling you, we cannot get there on our own. We cannot, we cannot heal that distance from us and God. Only in Jesus, our good shepherd, we are not self-made. It is by grace alone. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm just going off of what Paul spoke on last week. The Lord is my shepherd, and he is a good shepherd. He is. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Not know about him. Do you know the voice of your good shepherd when he's calling you? Do you love Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? Because every sheep needs a good shepherd, and every sheep needs a good flock. God's people. You can't make it 
alone. You, you're built for community. You really are. Uh, th- these days, I've been just, uh, just doing some research and just listening to people, and people feel isolated. They do. People feel like they don't belong, right? And I, I, it's not a, it's not an indiv- I don't even think it's an individual thing. I think it's our culture. It, our culture, 25 to 30% of our culture says they have zero people to talk to. Zero. That's 25 to 30% in this room feel like they are living in isolation. And isolation, statistically, according to your health, is worse than eating just pure lard every single day. It is. You will, you will die because of isolation. Isolation is the cause of stress. It's the cause of cancers. It's the cause of disease. It's the cause of mental disorders in your life. Isolation. We were not made to live this life alone, yet we feel like we don't belong where Jesus is calling himself, uh, you to himself and you to the flock. And I know we're not perfect, but guess what? You're not either. If you went over your own business, there's a lot of things to point out, right? But God tells us to go to our flock, stay with your brothers and sisters, stick it out. We are God's family. And, And in family, listen, we fight, right? You ever fight with your brothers and sisters or people in your family, right? And what happens at Thanksgiving? You come together again. Why? Because you're family. And they're crazy and you're crazy, but you're family because we're family. We represent a bloodline. We represent a legacy. Our family is bigger than me, right? And that's the way to get a picture, a better picture of the church. It's not a gym membership, right? I've been going back to the gym and I'm hurting right now. Right now, my whole body hurts. Thank you, Giovanni, right? My whole body hurts. But when you get motivated, you go to the gym, and you want to get fit for yourself, and that's gym membership. But family membership, it goes, it's bigger than you. It's not a club. It's a place of allegiance, a representation that's bigger than you. And family or, or community is where you grow. You cannot grow without community. You cannot grow without community because we're called to God and we're called to people. And when you take one part out of that, when Jesus tells you the way you love God is through people, then we are not understanding what we are called to. We are called to community, to move from sheep to assistant shepherds. Your assistant shepherds, that's where I want to get you to, that you have a goal in mind, that you and I, we have a goal to carry people back to the Father, to the Father. Not just to you, not just to me. Some of us in this room, we're wandering. Maybe you've been straying for a little bit, maybe for years, right? Life got busy, worries took you, unbelief starts to creep in and isolation. You start telling yourself all sorts of things. Others of us, this is brand new for you, and thank you for being here. But I want to tell you, stay in your flock. Grow with your flock. Don't run away, even when it gets hard. Even if you don't understand, learn the voice of your shepherd and walk with your flock, right? Because Jesus has put these people, look around you, right? Jesus has put, look around you, just look around, it's cool. Jesus put these beautiful people into your life, right? Some of us were like, I don't need people, I'm married. And I tell, I say it up here, what's worse than being single and alone is married and alone. It really is. And I say that because Candace and I, in a part of our marriage, we felt that way. We're like, we're married and we're alone. (laughs) 
We're like, what is up with that? How do you feel disconnected when we're married? I thought you were all that I needed. Wrong. Right? I tell you, I was all that you needed. You know that's double wrong. Right? I will drive you crazy. You're gonna, you better talk. You better, need, you better get some people outside this because I'm going to drive you nuts. We were called and your shepherd. And here's the good news right here for us. Jesus is here to pick you up. Some of us were struggling so bad because we've been running. I don't know what you've been running from. Have you been running from your past? Running from unforgiveness? Running from lust? Running from hurt? Anytime the sin comes into our lives, guess what most of us do? We run. We hide because we don't want other people in on our mess. And we think we can handle the mess ourselves. Isn't that true? I can handle this. I'm telling you, you can't handle sin. If you could and I could handle sin, there would be no Christ. There would need be no Savior. We would not need God. But we could not handle sin. We need a good shepherd to come after us. And we need a flock to belong to. And, and Jesus is right here to pick you up, ready to pick you up. You don't need to try to pick yourself up, clean yourself, find yourself, make yourself, work yourself back. Rather, our part is to say, God, I give up. God, just let God pick you up. Forgive you, cleanse you, teach you, train you. It doesn't matter how far you feel from God. You are his sheep, right? If my son just rebels and goes away from me from a long time, it doesn't matter how far he's run. He's always my son. You are always his. You are always his children. Jesus loves you. Jesus misses you. He came here for you, waiting to pick you up and take you back. But it starts with this big word, not acceptance, but repentance. I'm telling you, we, we, we might draw back and be fearful. Oh, we just need to be, be good with God. No, you need to say, I messed up, God. I ran from you. I need to be picked up, God. I do. Repentance is not remorse or resolution. It's realization and it's a returning following the shepherd. So we, sin is where we turn our back on the shepherd and wander off. Repentance is turning around and saying, God, you picked me up and you put me back in this flock. I'm going to stay in this flock. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with these people. Repentance starts with confession that leads to change motivated by God's love for us. He wants us. He's not shaming you or pointing a picture at, uh, at you. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Many of us have grew up with the skewed view of how God sees us. But listen, here's the good news of Jesus. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared, ever imagined in hope. I'm telling you. God loves you. Yes, your sin is that dark, but Jesus' love is that good. That good. When we repent, guess what happens? God rejoices. God doesn't shake his head and says, oh, you're coming back home again? No, he's not like that. <laughs> Just imagine the smile on his face. Feel the emotion of the shepherd in verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, there's more rejoicing in heaven. All of heaven's going nuts. Over one sinner who repents, the 99 righteous person who does not need to repent. God is overjoyed. He wants you. He longs 
for you. He longs to forgive you. And we must learn this. When someone sins against us and repents, we don't need to, we, we need to forgive them and rejoice too, right? We're like, oh, I'm going to, the way I forgive is like, I'm going to give you a, a, a two-month trial to see if this works out. You know what? We do set boundaries for our lives. But when, we, when someone comes home, we learn to celebrate. We learn to rejoice. And we are honest. Yes, that hurt me. But welcome back. Welcome back home. I'm glad that you're here with me. Rejoice in repentance. Rejoice in repentance. Folks, Christians, the world sees us that we don't rejoice in repentance, that we point fingers, but we rejoice in repentance. Because when your life was changed, when my life was found in Jesus Christ, I was so far from God. I was so distant from God. I was in a place I was so messed up. I, I ended up in Colorado because I was a drug addict in my life. I ended up here because I was no good. I thought I was going to prison, so I ran to Colorado. That's how I actually ended up here, by the way. And Candace married me. Her mom just found this out, right? <laughs> yeah, in your face. No, just kidding. I was such a wreck, guys. I was such a wreck. But God rejoices in repentance. Can we be known as a people that rejoices in repentance? Can we be known as a people that recover people instead of a people say, you got to join me. No, I'm coming after you. That's the heart of Jesus. What did Jesus do? He left the 99. You're part of the search party, and then you throw parties. I love this. You're part of a search party, then you throw parties. Maturity leads us out of ourselves and into others. If you consider yourself a mature Christian, you gotta, it leads you out of yourself and into others and into God. Joining Jesus on what he's doing. Yes, hurt people will hurt people. you got to get ready. But I believe healed people heal people. I do. I absolutely believe that. Look around you. Do you see the loss? I bet you do. Don't close your eyes. It's easy. Don't just say, I'll pray for you. Go more. Go deeper. Christians, do you see the pain? Do you see injustice around you? Our job is not to say that's unjust. No, our job is to go and level the injustice, level the playing field. We're supposed to meet that need. We are a part of God's justice and mercy. So number one, we leave the 99. Number two, we throw more parties. Learn to celebrate people who come back home. Learn. Learn to love like Jesus. That's hard, I'm telling you. We don't like to love like Jesus. We want Jesus to love us like Jesus, but then we want to return and love us, love people with all these boundaries, or all, not boundaries, with all these um, ways, like, but you have to be like this conditions it's good christians throw more parties throw more parties be a part of that be a part of the party committee the search party and the party party committee right jesus if you read the bible he's always at somebody's party i'm like jesus is always at a party right celebrate people who really messed up because that's what jesus does he doesn't condone their sin he never does, not once, but he wants the lost to be found. And number three, 
And this is something I want you to do. If you have a pen or paper, or if you have your phone, I want you to take it out. Just take it out. Just pre- I'm not, I don't mean it figuratively. <laughs> I'm figuratively taking this out. Now just take your phone out. I have three minutes and 41 seconds. All right? Take your phone out. And write, who is your one? Who's the one person right now that God is putting in your mind who is lost, who's running from God, who's hurting alone? The one God is putting in your mind right now. Think about that person. Think about that face. Just the one. Write that name down. Write it down. Text yourself. Now here's what I want you to do next. Bathe that person in prayer all week long. Every morning, asking, seeking, and knocking on their behalf. So pray for them daily. Number two, go find them. Go find them. If it's a broken relationship, go find them. If it's hard for you to do, then pray some more until God changes your heart, and then go find them. But don't pray too long, because there's some things we got to do, because we got to do it. Sometimes we say, we'll pray about it. Stop praying about some stuff. Some stuff you already know to do. Don't pray about it. Go do it, right? Invite them home into Jesus, into his church, into healing, into salvation. Sometimes you'll have to carry them home. And this last part, it's, that's hard. But we got to trust that God's going to do his part when we do our part. Amen? When we act in faith and love and truth, when we act, and we move with love. There are people all around us, in our city, on our block, at work, people everywhere that need you. They need you. They need you. I mean it. They need you. Just think about them. They need you. People so alone, so anxious, searching for hope. People who have everything around them but still feel empty. You know how I know? Because I feel that way sometimes. I'm like, I don't, what do you need, John? I don't need a thing. But there's relationships that I need that need to go deeper. There's purpose that I need to pursue more. If that's in me, that's in you. I know that's in you. And people who are searching, who are in spiritual poverty, who are in social poverty, they're isolated, who are in physical poverty, who just need a hand up, a pick-me-up, so they can get to the next place in their life. Maybe it's a connection at a job. Maybe it's a skill that you have. Maybe it's a connection that you have. Maybe it's an encouraging word that you can give. I call that physical poverty. One thing that you could give to them that can change their life. There are many people, even in this room right now, that need your gift and connection, your encouragement. They need you. They need Jesus. So get back on that search and rescue. Don't remain sheep. Don't remain sheep. As we close, let's stand. You carry the good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ, sometimes it's hard to say Christianity because it comes with so many other uh, stigmas, but the good news of Jesus Christ is good news, I'm telling you, and people are longing to hear for it. I've been making it an effort to talk to strangers because that's what I do. I, I don't even like to talk to strangers, but I talk to strangers because God puts people in my way, and I'm like, all right. All right, if you're in my way, then we're going to talk, right? And people are overwhelmed by the good news of Jesus. 
Not just good things church is doing. No, the good news of Jesus. I, I, you, that my life was falling apart. That Jesus did something. It's my experience that is going on. That people all over the world, do you know that Christianity is not dying in this world? It is growing by the millions in this world. Just because our culture, it's dwindling, doesn't mean that God is not moving all over this world. By the millions, I believe there's 600 million Chinese now. That's crazy in a country with no religion. Just, I'm just telling you, we might back down, but I don't want you to back down. Know that God is moving, and he wants to move through you. The church has to stop being just mere sheep. We need to go. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, and you are here to replicate what Jesus has done. And we carry the good news, we carry sheep back home, and we carry the burden of what it means to follow Jesus. I invite you today into a new way of living because everything that your heart desires and your life needs can be found in a life fully anchored to Jesus. If you need more, you need to anchor yourself to Jesus deeper. It's not anchoring yourself to this, that, and the other thing. You've tried it. Why continue to do the same thing? Anchor yourself to Jesus right now and to his flock. I invite you to his purpose, his provision, strength, belonging, identity, hope, and healing. Just imagine with me, just close your eyes for a moment. What if each of us in this room just reached one single person because we listened to the words of Jesus. We didn't say John said some cool things, but John said what Jesus was saying, and we did it. We joined Jesus this week, going after that one person, our one Lord, and we prayed for them. And then we went after them. I believe we can absolutely change our city. I believe so. I want to finish with a story. A young girl was walking on the beach when she fell upon thousands of starfish. You've heard this. Washed up due to a terrible storm. And when she came to each starfish, she would pick it up and throw it back into the ocean. And people were watching in their in amusement. Oh, she keeps on throwing these starfish back. She did this for hours. And then this old man, he, he finally came. He's like, what are you doing, little girl? Don't you know that there are thousands of starfish? You can't, you can't save all these starfish. You, can, you can't make a difference. The girl seemed crushed and deflated. But after a few moments, she reached down and grabbed another one and flung it into the ocean as hard as she could. Then she looked up at the man and replied, well, it made a difference for this one. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, will you lead us? Will you guide us today? There's a lot of things we could talk about. There's some people who are wandering today. And I pray, Lord God, that you would carry them home. And there are others that come to our mind outside this room, Lord God. God, can we be shepherds, Lord God, and carry people home back to you, back to your flock, Lord God. And all of heaven throws a party. I can't even, I can't wait to see one of those, God. I just cannot wait, God that all of heaven throws a party and threw a party for each of us in this room, God. For Justin and John and Tino and Paul, Lord God, and Mo, Lord God, and Angela, Lord God. All of us, there was a party thrown, Lord God, in heaven that God himself was 
in joyful celebration, God. God, let that be our heart, Lord God. Let that be us as your church when you said the words, follow me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys could be seated for one more moment. There's these cards right here. You can get it on the way out. You can come up, Paul. But please grab one. It's my way of inviting people and actually giving them something into their hand. It just says you're invited. I like it. I made it too. I like it. It's so pretty. <laughs> can the ushers come forward? We're going to finish up in worship. But just a few announcements. Um, man, good to have you back, John. The uh, authorities are waiting outside. No. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a bad way to end. We won't end that way. All right, let's keep going. So July 31st, this Wednesday, we have an important church meeting. Uh, think of it as sort of a, a halfway point. I kind of was thinking like halftime through the year. Uh, it's informational about what's happened this year. Since we, we had a lot of changes as Hill Cities. We came into the gathering. Um, so where we're at as a church, uh, and then what, what is uh, some, some conversations with, uh, that we're having with, with the gathering. Want to give an update on that. And then what's, what's going forward? So where we've been, where we're at, where we're going. Amen? All right. So please come out at 7 o'clock right here. Um, and we'd love for you guys, to, even if you're, you're new and you want to come out and, and just hear about where we're at, uh, that's a great place to come. Uh, August 3rd, which I think is next Saturday, we're doing a movie night here at 6.45 p.m. with refreshments, and all proceeds are going to the Haiti slash Dominican Republic trip. Uh, so please come out for that, and that's right, probably right outside on the lawn here, right? So, uh, And then last, growth track classes are beginning. Uh, the sign-up is beginning. Uh, so that's if, you're, if you've been coming to Hill City for a while and you want to take that next step in, in your journey with us and, and serving and, and just, you know, we, we care deeply about you living your best life. And we're one Paul, one, one Paul, <laughs> one small part of that. And so please come out, uh, please come out to, to Grow Track, uh, sign up. The, the, Mark will be out there with a the computer. And that starts on September t- uh, 8th through September 29th. Uh, it's here at the church at 9 a.m. And we got, a, we got time to, for that. But it starts here it's, uh, every Sunday for four weeks at 9 a.m. We have breakfast. Uh, child care will be provided and spaces are limited. So please come out. Amen. I'm going to pray. You guys can um, actually go ahead and start, start handing them around. And then I'm just going to kind of pray uh, as we go through this and close this out. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the message uh, that we've continued from last week to this week about being that shepherd just as you were to David and that there's an ultimate shepherd in you, Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that we would take this today and not just let it be idle, just, just words that, that fall on us in this moment, but let them, let them soak in and maybe live that out. And, and uh, look at the one on our phones. Look at that person. God, take action. Lord, that's what you want. You didn't come to seek and save us so that we could just sit there as the flock, God. But we, we, be, we are sheep that take action. We are sheep that change culture. We are sheep that impact the, the, the poverty and the, so, the social aspects of what's going on in our community, God. So we love you. We thank you for your message. We thank you for your word and for John coming and preaching it to us, God. You are good. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week.